this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of The Jay Allen Show. We are coming to you live from the Safety FM studios in Orlando, Florida. I hope everything is good and well in your neck of the woods. Well, thank you for reaching out over the last few weeks about the different episodes that we have going on. Seems like there's been a lot of enjoyment with some of the last few interviews that we have done here on Safety FM. A lot of interaction from last week's two episodes with the authors of the Practice of Learning Teams and the one with Dr. Love. So good to hear that everyone is out there enjoying them so far. Want to give a special thanks out to the United States Air Force for allowing us to do the interview with Dr. Love and also for placing the show on safety.airforce.military or safety.af.mil, just in case if you want to go look. Really do appreciate it and appreciate all of the airmen and military out there that are doing the different things that they do day in and day out. Thank you for your sacrifices. So today on the Jay Allen Show, we're going to take a deep dive. This is a conversation between me and Dr. Megan Brown. Dr. Megan Brown is the owner of Body Mechanics Physical Therapy and co-founder and director of The Lax Box. It's Jacksonville's premier indoor-outdoor lacrosse training and sports performance facility. Former NCAA Division III basketball and lacrosse athlete, current international lacrosse athlete and medical staff for UWG, works with athletes across all ages and athletic careers to enhance performance and reduce injury while maintaining proper movement awareness. Author of the journal series, Restore, Develop, Strengthen, YouTube vodcast and host of Chalk Talk with the Doc and the Champion Spotlight. She's also a speaker and coach. So today we're going to actually take a deep dive with Dr. Megan Brown about body mechanics. So I hope you enjoy it here today on the Jay Allen Show. Okay, so as we start off the conversation, I guess what got you involved with wanting to be a therapist? How did that whole journey start for you? Yeah, so I knew that I wanted to do something in the medical field and something with sports. You know, I played sports all my life. Um, I played basketball and lacrosse in college, and I still play lacrosse um, internationally in the summer as well. So I knew that I wanted to do something along those lines. Um, As far as, you know, being a physical therapist, I think that a lot of it had to do with actually seeing patients every day and seeing their progress versus, you know, someone like a surgeon Um, you know, they're doing the surgery one time and then they may see them, you know, six weeks later, eight weeks later, something like that, but they don't see that whole process. And, and to me, understanding that whole process and helping people through that process was definitely part of it. So as you take a look at that particular aspect, then, so you said professional lacrosse, let me kind of go there first, and then we'll kind of come back to a couple other things. So you do this internationally, you said, so you get to travel. Okay. Give, give us some more detail, of course. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wouldn't say that I'm like a professional in a sense. I mean, I do play at 
a high level, but it's not, you know, like the, the women's professional across league or anything like that. Um, I think I'm a little too old for that now, but, uh, um, so yeah, I still play in the summer. Um, we go overseas, um, with an organization out of the U S and we play in things like the Prague cup. Um, this summer we were actually supposed to go to Spain and Portugal, but you know, with everything with COVID, we weren't able to travel. So, but yeah, we've been in, in Berlin, um, in Amsterdam, just, playing a bunch of different national teams from um, different countries. And yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, meet a lot of new people, get a lot of fun, um, fun gear from different countries. And yeah, it's a great time. So do you get to do your practicing year around then? We actually don't practice year round. Um, I practice on my own and then with, you know, people in the, in the area, but we actually come from different parts of the U S. So we pretty much meet up, um, you know, like a week or so before our big tournament and we do some scrimmages and practices against some other teams. And then we just get into the tournament and play. So, you know, you have, well, we'll say you have multiple careers to an extent then, because you have that that you're doing. You also are a therapist, but you also are a co-founder and a director for the premier indoor outdoor lacrosse training and sports performance facility. What's the secret to the success here? Is there 25 hours of your day that we don't know about or how do you get getting this to work? Yeah, I know. It seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> um, you know, I, I just, I have a lot of passions and to me, I didn't feel like I had to give up certain passions in order to pursue others. So I've always found a way to, you know, kind of finagle my way, I guess, and um, figure out how to do the things that I love doing. And I think that's kind of, you know, the secret sauce to life is, is do the things that you love doing. Otherwise, what's, what's the point? Um, you know, so I, out of PT school, I quickly found out that I wanted to work for myself. So I, um, you know, I started doing that in 2015 is when I opened up my uh, body mechanics, physical therapy as a, a small, you know, just myself out of a CrossFit gym for a while. And then I kind of transitioned into this bigger space that we have in conjunction with the lax box. And the lax box was kind of a, a brainchild um, of myself, and my other co-founder. And we wanted to bring more lacrosse to North Florida. You know, it's a growing sport. There's tons of opportunity in it. Um, and it's one of those sports that no matter where you come from, what your background is, you know, you can really thrive in this um, because it's it's a combination of everything. And as long as you get into it, you know, early enough and start learning things and it's it's going to be great for you. So, yeah, I've just I've just found ways to get into everything that I love and uh, keep it moving through all this craziness. Now, you did kind of chuckle when you said out of PT school, you realized you wanted to work for yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there must have been something there. I, I know that chuckle. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're in, in school, you learn things a certain way and that's fine because you have to have that, you know, that base knowledge. Um, but I think as you get out into the workforce a little bit, you understand, you know, things that resonate with you, things that don't. And it's OK if you don't you know, vibe with certain people and vibe with the certain ways that companies are run or, you know, people run their clinics. And especially with insurance, you know, with the um, body mechanics, we are cash based. So I don't take insurance. It's all out of pocket. 
And I felt like that was a great model for me, especially and for my patients, because now they're getting that quality care that they want. That's not dictated by an insurance company or someone, you know, behind a computer that doesn't know much about anatomy or physiology or sports injuries or whatever, whatever it is. So they aren't being told, okay, you can only come to PT, you know, four times for a whole year or eight times for a whole year when you just had a knee replacement, something like that. So it gives people a lot more freedom as far as what they can do with physical therapy. Um, And it also gives me more freedom because then I can see people a lot more often um, and we get better results that way. And so let's dive in a little bit into that, because as we speak today, a lot of the listeners are in the safety profession field. And so they get to see some kind of interesting things out in the field or maybe some virtual fields at this point, who knows. But as we talk about this, we see a lot of issues with body mechanics where we are interacting with workers. So you as the subject matter expert, what do you what do you see a lot of? Uh, It depends on the type of job right now, because everyone's working from home and they're sitting in front of our computers for the majority of the day, um, you know, on Zoom calls and whatnot. We are seeing a lot of that kind of, they call it text neck or, um, you know, computer neck where we're getting the forward shoulders, kind of that rounded posture, head forward. So we're getting a lot of people with headaches. um, And that's also a vision thing, you know, if you're staring at your computer all day. So headaches. We're getting a lot of neck pain, upper back pain, low back pain, hip pain, um, things of that nature, just from, you know, the the very essence of sitting all day long. Um, Before COVID, you got a little bit more with people, you know, just moving the wrong way if they're lifting something or just that repetitive motion, maybe not warming up, maybe not knowing how to bend and move and pick up things properly. So it just kind of depends. So as you look at this, is there any recommendation that you normally tell people for the computer neck, the text neck, as you as you were deeming it, that they could do to kind of, I guess, get better at what they're doing, especially if they're sitting for that length of time? Yeah, um, a lot of it is ergonomics. So if you think about where your computer is in relation, you know, to your eyes and to your hands. So if you're on the computer a lot, you need to make sure that you're bringing it up to eye level. Um, so that you're not constantly looking down or looking up all the time. Um, Something that's obviously not necessarily physical therapy related, but I tell people to either put like a blue light filter on their phone or computer or grab those blue light glasses that now are fairly cheap um, because that protects your eyes, um, especially when you're on the computer for multiple hours at a time. And I also tell people to set an alarm in their phone for about an hour or so and every hour get up and at least move around a little bit, stretch a little bit and uh, just get that blood flowing. So when you say get up, move around in that particular aspect, is there a certain amount of time that you would recommend people being away from the computer, away from whatever they're doing to make sure that they get that blood flowing? And then, of course, what it is that you would recommend? Uh, I don't think that there's a specific time necessarily, but just giving yourself that break. So obviously more than like 30 seconds, but um, typically I say have people start at five minutes, whether it's, you know, get up and go to the bathroom, get up and go get some water, because that's the other part is we're sitting at the computer. And if you don't have water handy with you, you're probably not staying hydrated throughout the day. Um, And and that's a big part of um, injury as well as if those discs in your spine are not hydrated, then they can get injured. If your muscles aren't hydrated, they can get injured. Um, So, you know, 
a big thing is just getting up and getting moving, whether that's just going for a little walk around the house or walk to the kitchen or doing some hamstring stretches, some spine exercises, some neck exercise stretches. It just, it varies. It depends on person to person, but as long as you're doing something, you know, to get the blood flowing, get your brain off of whatever you were doing for that moment, kind of refresh and you should be good to go. What about those foam rollers? Would you, is that something that you would normally recommend to people to use or is that normally just like post exercise that that's a recommendation for? Uh, It just depends on how you're going to use it. So typically, you know, sometimes I'll use it kind of lengthwise down my spine and just lay back on it, kind of open up the chest a little bit. So if I am sitting for any extended period of time, that helps to open up your chest, you know, allows you to breathe a little bit deeper as well. So yeah, you can use those. Um, I wouldn't, you know, get on them and only use something like that because then you're, you're kind of negating other things and you're not paying attention to other things, but you know, you can definitely use those for some stretching and just general mobilization stuff. So I have a confession. I do watch a lot of late night TV, which is probably a terrible thing to, to admit to because I can't <laughs> fall asleep, which probably another great thing not to admit to, but whatever. Um, but I see a lot of those weird stands and I've, I've seen it a few times now where it's kind of like an anti-gravity device. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but you kind of connect your computer to it and it's able to lay all the way back. And I, I guess it makes you feel like you're not, you know, there's no gravity there. Is that something that you would say worthwhile? And not, you know, disparaging any kind of product. I'm just trying to understand <laughs> what what works best because I have like, I guess I have the standard office chair inside of, inside of where I'm at. I, I get to hang out on the radio all day. So I get to sit around, do some, do some hours there. And I have, I have monitors that are kind of, we'll say high. I'm not looking straight up, but they're kind of, we'll say eye level, but I never look, I always look at this and go, is something like that worthwhile? Of course, I'm going to look all kind of freaky. I'm behind a camera, but what do you normally recommend to people? If saying, for instance, the, the gravity chair is not worth the while, what is kind of like the recommendation? I know you said, you know, looking forward, is there like a chair recommendation that you, that's a preferred that you say that is the preferred brand for you or how do you look at it? No, I don't, I don't necessarily like to say, okay, this is a great brand because everyone's different, you know, whether it's, it's height, whether it's weight, um, you know, sometimes people's torsos are longer than others versus their legs. You know, like for me, my legs are a little bit shorter than my torso is. So sometimes I have to like, you know, put a book or something under my feet to feel a little more comfortable that day. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it is up to preference, but if you are, feeling discomfort when you're sitting, standing, whatever it is, usually that's a sign that your body needs some movement. So I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, staying in one position for extended periods of time is not good for anyone. So if you're sitting for more than an hour at a time, you definitely need to get up and move around. If you're standing in one position for more than an hour at a time, find ways that you can move around. Um, so it, it definitely varies and it's, it's different from person to person. So as you've actually gone through this path and seen so many different things, what has kind of amazed you, I guess, so far in going down these several different industries that, you, that you're in? What have you seen that you did not think there would be kind of like the standard injury from doing X that has surprised you? Oh, geez. Uh, injuries are, is, are a funny thing. You know, sometimes well, you, they're always <laughs> funny, if, especially if it's not you that it occurred to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Injuries, you know, they... Sometimes they'll kind of pop out of nowhere. Well, they appear to have popped out of nowhere, but usually there's, you know, a line of causation. So 
whether it was you were doing, like I said before, these certain body mechanics. And after a point, your body's just like, I can't do this wrong anymore. I'm going to tell you now. And then something happens. And then that person's like, well, I was just doing the same thing that I've been doing the same way for 10 years or something, you know, and our bodies are resilient and they're very good at compensating which isn't always good for the rest of us. So when we start seeing those compensations, um, that usually is an indicator that something else is going on that you need to address. Otherwise, this compensation is going to get worse. So I've heard this theory, and I want to see what you, what you think. I've been told that if you actually have a knee injury and you get it surgically repaired, we'll use that as an example, that normally your other knee, because it has to compensate for the surgically repaired one, will normally tend to go bad as well. Is that correct or is that just myth? Um, it, it can be correct. Yeah, it definitely can. One, it depends on what kind of surgery happened on the other leg. It also depends on how long, you know, you were maybe in pain and walking differently. Um, so, you know, sometimes we see that a lot in PT that, you know, one knee starts to, quote, go bad. And so you're favoring the other side and in favoring that other side, you're kind of wearing it out a little bit faster than you would normally. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Um, but again, it's just it's the compensation. So if you're if you're leaning that way a lot or you're favoring another side there, there can definitely be some downstream effects. So now that we're seeing a lot of these things inside of the virtual world and things are changing and so on, are you offering as um, the I guess. We'll call it the FaceTime, the Zoom, where people can interact with you over the phone, via Zoom, via web chat, or do you only accept people in person? No, I've actually been doing uh, telehealth or tele-rehab since yeah, I, I I don't know what the, I never know what to call it. I'm just like, uh, yeah. the phone thing, however it works. <laughs> yeah, so I've actually been doing that for a while before I guess before COVID was a thing. Um, but yeah, so I've actually worked with people in different areas of the country um, doing things via, you know, I did it through Skype, um, Skype or Zoom. And it actually is really effective um, when the person on the other end has a little bit of understanding of their body. Um, when the person well, on the other end... Hope they do, of course, right? I mean, it is your body. Yeah. Yeah. You would think. Um, but sometimes, you know, people are a little disconnected from their body. And that's also something that I really pride myself in as a, as a physical therapist is getting you to kind of reconnect with your body because our body tells us a lot of things, a lot of warning signs, a lot of, you know, like, Hey, we got to watch out for this, but if we aren't listening, we're going to miss that. Right. So when I communicate with people, you know, via telehealth or tele-rehab, um, that's part of it too, is just getting them to understand how their body is supposed to move, you know, what limbs supposed to go where and how it's supposed to do certain things mechanically. Um, but yeah, it's, it's actually been very beneficial to do that. Um, you know, sometimes I know people are afraid to come into the office or if they're not in the area, they obviously can't. So that's, that's been another way to connect with people a little bit broader. So normally, what does the the process look like? So I know that what a what a we'll say a normal PT appointment look like. What does it look like on when you're doing it over the phone? Like, what is it? I mean, I it's I can't visualize. It, I guess that's my limitation to an extent with it. But how does that yeah. actually work? I mean, because I know, like in the past, I, I had issues and I would have to do these weird things with bands. I consider it weird. I'm sure it's not weird for trying to get it corrected. But for me, it was weird because it was something I hadn't done at the time. But mm -hmm. so I go through that process. So do you do something similar 
via via the Zoom, Skype, chat box, so on? Yeah. So initially what would happen, so let's say you weren't able to come into the facility at all. Initially, what we would do is have a conversation. We would talk about, you know, what's bothering you, what you're having difficulties with, kind of go through that whole subjective portion of things. And then um, I would ask you to do certain movements. So I'd kind of talk you through that. And I'd also demonstrate for you so you could actually see what I'm what I'm looking for and what I want you to do. And then based on what I'm seeing, you know, I'd have you go from different angles, kind of turn your body, you know, sideways, forwards, backwards. And then um, I can see what's actually happening and going on. And this whole time we're dialoguing of, okay, does that bother you? What if we do a couple of these? Does the pain go away? Does it start to subside? Does it get worse? Is it the same? Um, so it's it's a lot more talking, obviously, versus just the visual part of things, because I need to understand what it is you're going through. Um, I'm pretty good at reading people's faces, but sometimes it's hard, you know, through the computer to read people's faces. You can hide it a little bit better. So it's a lot more, a lot more questions. And it's like, make sure you have a 10 pound bag of ice ready and available at the end of the pool. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have to tell people, you know, you will be sore after we go through this and soreness isn't, isn't a bad thing. You know, I have to remind people of that a lot as you, you know, if you took time off from doing whatever it was because you were injured or hurt or in pain, your body has to relearn how to do those things again. And it has to understand that we're not going to put it into these, this spectrum of pain. We're going to stay in that, in that comfort zone for now and then keep expanding on that comfort zone. So I will push you a little bit into discomfort, but it's not going to be painful and it's not going to be a reproduction of your symptoms of why you came in in the first place. So back when you were going to school many, many moons ago, did you ever think that this would be where it would go to where you were going to be doing things online in regards of actually taking care of people remotely? No, actually, you know, I, I didn't. When I was graduating from school, um, I think that was kind of the start of people talking about you know, maybe telehealth at some point, or they talked about it in regards to people, you know, in parts of the country that may have been really far away from hospitals or things of that nature and, and trying to incorporate that a little bit more. But no, I definitely didn't think it was going to be something that would be, you know, almost an everyday type of thing. I know it's just, the, it's the norm now. It's what mm -hmm. it seems like. It's like, I think it's interesting on how technically savvy a lot of us have become over this small little bit of everything going on but it's just kind of trying to adapt to what's what's happening inside of the world oh yeah if you, i mean if you don't adapt it's just like everything else you get left behind so if you want to keep moving forward you got to figure it out right right so i I'll let me ask you this if you don't mind so before you go into the to the physical therapy side you actually end up getting a bachelor's in psychology mm-hmm why did you decide not to continue down that particular path, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm not really sure why I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm not quite sure how to answer that. But, um, you know, psychology, is, I felt like was a major that you could pretty much do anything after that, right? Because everyone <laughs> has a brain, <laughs> everyone thinks to some degree, you know, you, you have to kind of tease things out of people sometimes, but honestly, psychology has been very, um, very beneficial having that degree within physical therapy. Um, you know, the cool thing about physical therapy school too, is you can pretty much have your bachelor's in anything um, and just, you know, 
pass all your prereqs and get good grades with that to get into PT school. I had a couple friends. One was a zoology major and one was a history major. So, you know, you can you can do anything and still get into PT school if you want. <laughs> so I, then the, the other odd question, this is going to go closer to you. How does it feel going from the Metroplex to Jacksonville? I mean, it's it's a world of change between the two. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was a change. You know, I I grew up in the military, so I'm no no uh, stranger to change, I guess you say. But I was actually in Dallas for a while, so I was there, you know, four years of undergrad, and then three years after that, um, and then that's when I decided, okay, I'm gonna really really study hard and get into PT school. Um, so then I came out to Florida for PT school, and yeah, it's definitely a different change of pace. Um, different as far as, you know, culture is concerned and demographics, um, ages, things of that nature. So, I mean, I've always loved the beach. I've always loved the ocean. So that was kind of one of my draws as well. And I got to go to school in St. Augustine, which is a beautiful city. Um, beautiful city for sure. There. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a change and I still have a lot of really good friends in Dallas and I, I go back when I can and, you know, visit my alma mater when I can, but yeah, it's, it's been great. So now if people want to know more about you and the services you offer, where can they go to find out some more information? Uh, I'm on all social media. Um, it's at body, B-O-D-Y, M-E-C-H, M-E-C-H-P-T. So that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then you can go to my websites as well, www.bodymechpt.com and then www.docmeganbrown, M-E-G-H-A-N-B-R-A-U-N.com. Um, and then you can also go take my uh, Raise Your Game quiz, my Champions Mindset quiz at raiseyourgame.club as well. But yeah, you can, all those things, easy way to find me. Well, Dr. Megan Brown, I appreciate you coming on to the show today. Thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate it. Well, this brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Dr. Megan Brown. For more information about what she does, you can go to bodymechpt.com. That is B-O-D-Y-M-E-C-H-P-T.com. Bodymechpt.com. Anyways, I hope you've been enjoying yourself lately here on the radio station and on the podcast. We will be adding more and more shows as you take a listen over the next few weeks. Be on the lookout. We'll have some announcements of some more shows joining us here shortly in the very near future. This will bring another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. Thank you for listening to Safety FM, home of Real Safety Talk. Also, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM. That is the listener. We'll be back with another episode of the Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any 
any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.